0: The bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1. G1 Reads and Chanters were played in 8 out of the 9 winning World Championship performances in 2017, including the newly crowned Grade 1 World Champions in Vararian Districts, and also for some bands, including the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. Hi, are you? Hope you're all keeping the very best out there in pipe band land. So, yeah, in case you haven't tuned into the podcast before, welcome. We are the show for the piping folk. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it, near it at all, we are the show for you. Because we talk all things bagpiping and drumming. So, yeah, we talk all about the competitive scene, the Celtic music scene, the folk music scene... Anything at all that has a set of bagpipes in it, we are all over it. So, welcome! Because I'm aware, each and every podcast we introduce new people. And this last while we've noticed a bit of a jump in numbers. So I have to say welcome to all of our new listeners. Please enjoy our back catalogue. We've got quite a lot of uh, pretty interesting uh, podcasts, to be honest. Uh, Meeting some of the biggest and best in the piping world, as well as some hot topics that we discuss as well. And I'm sure, in fact I'm almost positive... This week's topic of the week will draw a bit of a reaction. We'll talk about the topic of the week later in the show. But before we do, let's get into it. <clears throat> we have to give a shout out to our amazing patrons. Those people who have clicked that support button on our Patreon page. Thank you so much for supporting what we do. So shout out to LoneStarPiper.com, TwistedThistle.com and Brandon Moreno. You guys are awesome! Yes! Yes! Thank you so much for clicking that button. If you do so wish to support the show and help support what we do and producing what we do, yeah, get onto our Patreon page you can click on the support button. It doesn't have to be squillions of dollars. It just even has to be as much as a dollar. <laughs> You know, every single donation it really does help. It goes a long way in supporting what we do and upgrading our equipment as well as getting us to various events throughout the UK and hopefully further afield. So thank you for all of your support if you're going to hit that button. Right. Let's get into it. straight into listener mail. Yes, we normally start each podcast with a little bit of listener mail. And uh, yeah, our email address bigrabshow at gmail.com pretty simple, pretty straightforward. This past week has been extremely quiet. We've got zero (laughs) listener mail in. In fact, yeah, absolutely no emails at all this past week. It's been incredibly quiet on the email front. So, hey, do you know what? I'm actually quite glad that it's been quiet because I've been dealing with a lot of stuff domestically. But, (laughs) yeah, Emails have been quiet this past week, but our Facebook account, however, has been off the chain. It's been pretty busy. So, yeah, just before I come out uh, to record the podcast, I actually asked you guys for suggestions for Topic of the Week. I'll just run through some of them, Uh, some suggestions we got from you guys on social media, and uh, see what you think here in the podcast. Got one here from Jim Williamson. Hi, Jim. And he says, bands from France compete in bagged uniforms. Yeah, and goes on to talk about how other bands, you know, should they be able to compete in their own apparel? I.e., should be the United States bands be able to compete on Levi's and Cowboy hats? Should German bands be able to compete in Lederhosen? I, I dunno. Is competing in anything other than Highland dress disrespectful? Good question, Jim. I honestly don't know. We could maybe look into that. Also we got questions that hmm, a little bit controversial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the BBC coverage of the World Pipe Band Championships and a lot of people not happy with how the BBC in Scotland look after the, our World Championships but everything is all under contract with the BBC so a lot of people asking a lot of big questions there about the BBC coverage hmm, we shall get on to that shout out to Stephen Russell there, he, he suggested that uh, also, let me see, we've got a lot of different things um, Trevor still shout out to Trevor, what about you? He says, how about a topic for the future podcast in teaching of piping and drumming in schools in Northern Ireland? Not a bad shout, Trevor, actually. Quite a good topic, I think. Um, but in fact, I am very aware that a lot of people outside of Northern Ireland listen to this podcast, so perhaps it could be a topic that we could throw internationally about teaching and drumming, teaching piping and drumming in schools in general, not just here in Northern Ireland, so quite interesting. So, yeah, a lot of people had a lot of suggestions for topic of the week if you do have a particular suggestion yourself please email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com we'd love to hear your suggestions and uh, yeah we'll get chatting all about your topic of the week but as the season is nearly upon us now in May yeah I'm sure during the season we will not be stuck for things to talk about but we still want to hear from you we want to hear your suggestions or your commentary in general I'm sure after this week's podcast we'll have a slew of emails, so next week will be fun. If anything, I would urge you, if you do have an opinion at all uh, and you would like to share with us on the show, record a little voicemail and you can email that voice clip to us and we can have that on the show so we can get to hear your own voice in your own context. And yeah, you can be a part of the Rab Show podcast. There you go. Right, that's listener mail done. Time to get into the piping news. Right, first things first. The New Zealand National Championships this past weekend. Oh my God. Did anybody watch it? I think the entire piping world tuned in to watch it. It was absolutely incredible. Cannot stress enough the incredible work by the guys from BrassBand.com who provided the live streaming just second to none. It was fantastic. They had multiple HD cameras all around the place along with I think they had over 5 different microphones around the grade 1 arena at the time and even grade 2 arena. Man, I cannot tell you just how amazing this coverage was. So Thank you so much to the guys at Brass Band. You are awesome. I think you know you're awesome. Because of the the amount of feedback you got from the piping world in general. As it was being live streamed. Was just, yeah. It was well warranted I think. So congratulations to the Brass Band team. Stellar work. And yeah, for all of us living internationally away from New Zealand. We were able to tune in and catch all of the action as it happened down under. Now talk about a competition and a half. Whew. Yeah. I <laughs> What a busy two days it was. Starting off, of course, on the Friday, they had their two Grade 4s. And I think Grade 3 was well on the Friday. And then on the Saturday, they had Grade 2 and Grade 1. You talk about a busy weekend. Wow. And, yeah, also they managed to live stream the Street March competition. Which is something we don't do here in the UK. And if anything, I think there could be an argument for it here in the UK. Because looking at how the format of it runs in New Zealand... It seemed to work incredibly well. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Could that be an interesting addition to what we do here in the UK? Perhaps. I don't know. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. I, for one, think it would be a good thing. Do you know what I mean? An interesting addition to what we do in the UK. Rather than just marching into the arena and march out and then that's it. You know, the street march gave it a little bit of a different flavour. So, there you go. It was really interesting to watch. Also, let's get on to the results then. For those of you who don't know who won what at the New Zealand Championships. Okay, juvenile champions were St Andrews College. Congratulations. Grade 4B champions were Wellington Red Heckle. Yes, awesome. Fantastic performance by them. Grade 4A champions were City of Invercargill. There you go, and that was their number two band, so congratulations, Invercargill. Grade three champions were Hamilton Caledonian Society. Yeah, well done, Hamilton. Now, on to grade two. Grade two was possibly one of the tightest grades, I think. St. Andrew's College, so congratulations. If anything, so there you go, St. Andrew's lifting the grade two title as well as the juvenile. Not a bad weekend's work by the guys at St. Andrew's. Now, of course, grade one. We argued about it last week, we talked about Manawatu and New Zealand Police snipping each other's heels. What happened? New Zealand Police came up trumps. Yes, the New Zealand Police pipe band lifting the New Zealand National Championships as long with the Champion of Champions title as well. Yeah, New Zealand Police are on a roll. So, yeah, lifting the National championship. Uh, pretty convincingly, as well, whenever you look at the master sheets, they had one right across the board, as far as I understand, so congratulations to New Zealand police national champions, and also, I have to say about manawatu i 'm not entirely sure what happened for those of you who maybe tuned in online to watch the live stream of everything. did anybody see manawatu 's msr performance just don 't know what happened. It, I don't know, they just seem to really... To quote Austin Powers, they lost their mojo. Something really wrong happened, I think. But whatever it was, they just didn't seem to be on form during their MSR. Medley performance, forget about it, they were great. But yeah, something happened in their MSR, so... hmm, Not entirely sure. But for those of you who may have missed the live stream and didn't tune in online to watch it live... Don't worry, you are covered. You can go back and watch it all on YouTube. We have shared out the link from Brass Band on our social media, on our Facebook page and all that. So you can go back and watch all of Grade 2 and all of Grade 1 as it happened, uncut, start to finish. So that's fantastic in itself too. So thank you so much to the guys at Brass Band. What amazing work they produced over the course of the weekend. So thank you. That was amazing. Right. Let's fly on. Away from the New Zealand National Championships. Also this past weekend was the Kingdom Thistle Solo Championships as I was talking about. This one was held in Loch Gelly High School in Fife as it always is. But this one it was pretty interesting because it had that all special world solo drumming qualifying spot. The one everybody wanted. So it was the first qualifying event for the world solos in the drumming. So this one was going to be hotly contested and it was to say the least. Let's run through the prizes as they dropped. So, starting off with piping, aged thirteen and under went to Kenzie Philiban, of course, of Micheal and District Pipe Band. Well done, Kenzie. Sixteen and under went to Brody Watson Macy, of course, of George Harriet's, and Brody also managed to lift the eighteen and under title as well. So, well done, Brody. That was the piping. Now onto drumming. 18 and under, it went to Lachlan Kyle of North Lanarkshire Schools. Well done, Lachlan. The open drumming then went to Jake Jorgensen of Scottish Power. Now, the all-important world solo qualifier event. Who lifted it? Well, yeah, Jake Jorgensen, of course, (laughs) of Scottish Power. Managed to lift that as well. As well as lifting the open title. So there you go. Jake is now pre-qualified for the world solos. Now, that might not seem like a lot whenever you're just saying it like that, just flippantly, ah, oh, it's pre-qualified, whatever. That makes a such a huge difference. It's ridiculous. Like You get to skip a whole step that Saturday, that whole weekend, that's one less run you have to worry about. You know what I mean? So being pre-qualified for the World solos is huge. So congratulations to Jake. This is not just the only event, of course, that has a pre qualifying spot. There are others, and we will talk about those as I roll through. But yeah, congratulations to Jake. You left them the first pre-qualifying spot. Roll on the rewarded solos in October. Can't wait. Yeah. Right, also happening this past weekend was the Scottish Schools Pipe Band Championships. Now for those of you who haven't watched any of these at all online, these are specifically for schools in Scotland. They have various different grades. They also have... Possibly one of the ones that I find most entertaining would be the freestyle event where pipe bands can hit the stage and have keyboards, drums, guitars, choirs, dancers. Doesn't matter. It's free. You can do whatever you want. You have a certain time limit and you fill it with whatever you can. (laughs) So, for me, that's the most entertaining. But the other grades as well, uh, Junior A, Junior B and also the one for debut bands. All incredible stuff because these are all kids being taught in their schools in Scotland as part of the curriculum and this is kind of the end product. They all compete and yeah, with the hope of gaining some silverware. So let's look at it. Who lifted what? Debut by uh, debut pipe band, the winner went to Balfron High School. Well done, Balfron. Fantastic. If anything, for a debut, I think it was a pretty strong performance by all accounts. So yeah. Promising things happening there. Junior B went to St. Columbus in uh, Kilmalgam. Kilmalgam, I think I pronounced that right. Yeah, so St. Columbus lifting the Junior B. Also then onto to Junior A went to Fettes College. Congratulations. So there you are. There's your winners for Junior A, B and debut. Now onto to the freestyle event. Went to Preston Lodge High School. Fantastic stuff. If you haven't seen the performance yet go on to YouTube, stick in Preston Lodge High School and I'm sure you'll find it. The performance should be uploaded there by now. Also, a special award has been introduced now to the school Scottish Schools Pipe Band Championships and this is the Ailey MacLeod Endeavour Award. And this was given to Ollipull Schools Pipe Band, so congratulations Ollipull Schools. Now, I have to say, the reason why this award was introduced, because of course... Ailey was a member of the Segal Line of Pipe Band and they were previous champions at this event. The reason why this award is special is because Ailey herself was, yeah, a a victim of the Manchester Arena bombing. She was part of the 22 victims that got caught up in all of that craziness there in May past during the Manchester Arena bombing. So, yeah, this event this past year was pretty heart-wrenching for a lot of people. Because Ailey was standing among her bandmates at the last event. Do you know what I mean? And actually lifting the freestyle title. Uh, So, yeah. It was decided to present this award at this championships, you know, in her honour. And also, the band itself, the Seagull Line of Kelt Pipe Band, actually played a tribute set to Ailey. So, Yeah, it was heart-wrenching to say the least. This was reported widely in Scottish uh, news uh, bulletins and everything. So, yeah, I think they played fair maid to Barra in tribute to her. And, oh, not a dry eye on the house, do you know what I mean? (laughs) It It was terrible. So, yeah, fair play to the guys there at the pipe band as well for producing this. It was just incredible. So, thank you. Uh, to everyone who organised the Scottish Schools Pipe Band Championships, a serious amount of work. But also a shout out to the Seagull Line of Celt Pipe Band for their really incredible, uh, yeah, dedication to their yeah deceased bandmate Ailey. So there you go. So that event happens each and every year. And if you haven't caught it yet, please do check it out on YouTube. These school pipe bands, although people say, "Oh, they're only schools, they're only kids," what do they know? Go and check them out. Trust me, take them from me. <laughs> take it from me that they really know what they're doing. So, yeah, go and check it out. The Scottish Schools Pipe Band Championships, definitely one to check out in the future if you haven't already. Now, a little bit, a few wee quick news stories for you. Congratulations to the Hamilton Police from Ontario, Canada. They have just recently been upgraded to grade 2. Yeah, go on Hamilton Police. Apparently they're well up for the challenge and looking forward for this incoming season. Congratulations. Also, a special congratulations goes to Susan Starr. Yeah, Susan, who uh, hasn't been listening to the show for too long, has just really been catching up. uh, But she is the winner of our Police Scotland Fife ticket giveaway. Yeah, she lifted two tickets, VIP tickets I should say, to the Police Scotland Fife concert coming up. So yeah, congratulations Susan and I hope you enjoy the show. Over the course of this past weekend, as well as all of these solo competitions and pipe on competitions and stuff that's been happening, it was also International Bagpipe Day. Yes. Apparently we actually have an International Bagpipe Day, and it was over the course of the weekend. Now, to be honest, I don't think there was much actually happening around the world to celebrate this. I've looked and looked and looked, and... Couldn't see anything. There was no real events or anything. Hey, happy Bagpipe Day, let's get our pipes out and play a tune. Because I think we were also involved in what was happening down under in New Zealand, plus Kingdom Thistle. but had so many different events running already, that International Bagpipe Day just seemed to come and go without any real celebration. Which is a crying shame, I think. So, if you did happen to celebrate International Bagpiping Day, we want to hear from you. And uh, Yeah, let us know what you did to celebrate International Bagpipe Day. It'd be awesome. I hope you did mark it in some way or other. Now, flying on, another quick news story. Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton have been talking about this new release of theirs for what seems like forever Symbosis 2. If you haven't listened to Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton's first one, Symbosis 1, You're missing a trick. Go and get it now. It is currently available. These guys have been nominated for a stupid amount of awards and have actually won a whole lot of awards as well. And you can understand why whenever you hear what they have to produce. They have been in the studio working furiously hard on Symbosis 2. They've been uploading little clips and little sneak peeks and stuff of what we have to expect from their latest release, Symbosis 2. And they've just announced the release date which is going to be the 20th of April. So there you go. Get that in your calendars. 20th of April. Apparently uh, the album is now available for pre-order. Uh, well, sorry, no, it's going to be available for pre-order on the 20th of March. Whoops. Yeah, twentieth <laughs> of March the album will be available for pre-order. And it will be officially released on the 20th of April. So those are your dates. If you are interested, go along to rossandally.bandcamp.com. And there you go. And there are all sorts of sneak peeks and little video clips and stuff of the fellas playing through some of the tracks from the album. Go and check them out. Go and check out Rossi Insley and Ali Hutton on social media. Definitely worth a look. These guys are definitely worth their salt, as they say. Now, one big news story. Not the New Zealand Championships, not the Kingdom Thistle, not the Scottish Schools, but this kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people. The RSPBA had their AGM. This past weekend. Yes. Their annual general meeting. And a lot of stuff went down. Oh it went down buddy. There was a lot of stuff. So let's get through it. We'll talk about it point by point, And I'm sure you guys out there. Are going to have some opinions on this. Because trust me. I've got my opinions. <clears throat> let's get to this. The RSPBA held their AGM this past weekend. And we now have a brand new chairperson. Mr. John Hughes, he was previously our vice chairman, of course, so he has now taken up the role of chairperson. So well done to Mr. John Hughes, got voted in, and yeah, he was quoted as saying it's an honour and a privilege to be elected to this position. So congratulations. So, John, for those of you who don't know, he's been, you know, he was a piper of note in his own right. He played in such high-level bands as Neilston, Hoover and Drambuy, Kirk Liston, I could just about talk. Hoover and Drambuey Kirkliston. There we go. (laughs) But yeah, he basically played in the top flight, so he knows his stuff. He has been playing you know, for a good number of years as well as taking up roles of office. So there you go. He is now our chairperson, so congratulations to John. And uh, yeah, wish him well in his new role. Now in case you're wondering who took over John's old job as vice chairman, that went to Mr. Paul Brown. So congratulations to Paul. Right, locally here in Northern Ireland... Yeah, we got a bit of news as well. The RSPBA NI, Northern Ireland, will be getting an allocation of another rep because based apparently this new rule that they've brought in, based on the size of your organization and the amount of bands within it, it indicates how many reps you can field at AGM meetings or big meetings in the association headquarters in Glasgow. So With this new ruling, apparently with the adjustment of the numbers and everything, RSPBA NI will go from having one representative at meetings to having two. We'll now have two representatives, given the amount of bands that we have in our association. This can have an effect not only for RSPBA NI, but also can have effects on associations the world over. So, we may see an increase in reps coming from certain countries. We also may see a decrease. So, hmm... Worth checking out, <laughs> in that matter. So, but yeah, Northern Ireland, in this case, will be getting an increase in reps. As to who our rep will be, not the first idea. <laughs> no clue as to who it is, but this, as this rule has only just been introduced. So, as we find out who our additional rep will be, we will let you know and bring it to you here on the show. Okay. Now... Bear with me as I go through this, okay? It's a little bit of one for the piping geeks. You know, us kind of eggheads that are really into the rules and regs. Yeah, they had a bit of a rule change for judges. This one's really interesting. They approved a change in the rulings for judges that now means that they can confer with their colleagues inside the arena. Now, you might say... That's nothing new. Not well, technically, it is. Well, following the recent agreement in the AGM, the rule governing this now reads like this. And I quote: Adjudicators have an option to confer with colleagues, colleague adjudicators, at the end of a band performance, but not while the band is playing. However, adjudicators shall not discuss their placing decisions with colleague adjudicators before. All official result sheets have been collected by a designated RSPBA official. So, for those of you who have fallen asleep, good morning. How are yous? Are yous awake? Yeah. The adjudicators basically are allowed to talk to each other after a band finishes. So, as soon as you finish that closing tune and you hit your stop, then judges can start talking to each other. Yeah. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of that? Oh, I think they were stinking, pure rotten. Oh, I didn't like them at all. You know. What are judges going to talk about? Why Why this need to confer? <clears throat> interesting. But they have put it in black and white. Now I find that incredibly interesting. However, judges shall not discuss their placing decisions. So, yeah, they can't walk over to the other judge and say, I have them third, where do you have them? You have them sixth? Oh, well, maybe my decision's wrong. I'll change it. Do you know, There won't be that. It's strictly forbidden. It's in black and white. But then, as we were talking about it on the live show on Fuse last night, realistically, what will judges talk about then? Do you know what I mean? When judges are going to be conferring in the arena, what will they be saying to each other? Will they say, did you like that? Or what kind of questions will they ask? You know, did you hear any problems? Did you notice any mistakes? Or, do you know what I mean? Was was the t- What was the tone like on your side? Or, what did you think of their drones? Ugh. Do you know what I mean? What are judges going to be talking about after you finish your performance? This is incredibly interesting to me. And the fact that they had to put it in black and white that adjudicators shall not discuss their placings? Hmm. I don't know. What will judges be talking about? That's going to be a huge question for any judge out there. And if anything, I'm going to be asking them. As the season rolls forward and if I get an opportunity to interview and talk to a judge on the show, I will be asking them about this confer rule and ask just what do you confer about in the arena? <laughs> yeah, see, if I was a fan and I was marching off and I seen all the judges standing behind you all having a good old chin wag, I would want to be a fly in the wall. I want to know what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? Are they secretly laughing at us behind our back? You know, I want to know. So, yeah, that's a really interesting rule change. Definitely one I'm sure that's going to generate a lot of conversation. Because this rule obviously carries us through this incoming season. So, could have big implications for our majors this season. As well as the domestic. So, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff for us eggheads, I think. Now... A few proposals that were tabled but voted down. (laughs) These were proposals made by bands from Northern Ireland. And one such proposal was made by McNeilstown Pipe Bands. They proposed to reduce the qualifying period for transfers from a higher grade band. So say a player was wanting to come from grade 1 down to grade 4A. They wanted to reduce the transfer period from 42 days down to 25. They wanted to shorten that period of time. This was voted down by a substantial margin. Apparently the whole place kind of said, not terrible idea. The, re- the reason behind it is they were swayed by the music board. What do it call that? Yeah, the guy from the music board, <laughs> Mr. Bruce Cargill, he had an argument and basically everyone agreed with him. who said that the workload problems could be significant should such a change be approved. So when you think about it, that produces a serious amount of paperwork for the guys in the association to try and manage. So to reduce that period of time from 42 days to 25, ew, that tightens their deadline to get through all the paperwork. So... Yeah, that's the reason why it was overturned, so you can see that, you can understand it, fair enough, it's an administrative thing, completely understandable. The other one that got voted down was a proposal from Northern Ireland Band again, McDonald Memorial. They wanted to to allow leading drummers from Grade 4 pipe bands to register with another band. Now this has been talked about now for quite a number of years. There is a rule in place currently for pipe majors of grade 4 pipe, pipe bands to go and play for another band. So we have it quite commonly where we see grade 1 players playing in the likes of the big leagues and then going down and pipe majoring a band in grade 4. This happens quite a lot, has been happening for years now and it seems to be working quite well. Because obviously you have a grade 1 player and they're trying to support their band and bring them through, their old band, through from grade 4 and bring them up. Understandable, happens everywhere. So yeah, McDonald Memorial wanted the same thing for drummers. They said, why can't a lead drummer of a Grade 4 band not also be a player in a Grade 1 band? Now, unfortunately, this was voted down because it was pointed out from the floor that this would put novice and juvenile bands at a disadvantage when they played in Grade 4, apparently. So, yeah, as it stood, this... Yeah, got voted down. So, unfortunately, that won't happen. So, drummers are, again, second-class citizens. But then again, you can see the counter-argument that this would put novice and juvenile pipe bands at a disadvantage because the lead drummer of the Grade 4 band could potentially be a drummer with the Field Marshal or St Lawrence or something like that, you know what I mean? So, you can see the argument there. Now, possibly the biggest story that came from this AGM ...is possibly one that one people around the world will be talking about for quite some time. Now, whenever the AGM bounces around each and every year... ...the issue of association finance always comes around. And obviously, the association treasurer has a body of work to do... ...and yeah, he has to give a presentation to the AGM on the financial situation of our association. To say the very least... RSPBA are pretty darn healthy, to be honest. In fact, some people would go as far to say that they're stinking rich. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> their funds, at the minute, on their balance sheet, they have funds over £900,000. Now, you may as well say that's nearly a million. Now, apparently, this also, uh yeah... <laughs> Included a substantial insurance payment that they had to pay out recently following the recent fire that they had in their headquarters in Washington Street in Glasgow. So, yeah, they were expecting the worst. Whenever they had this big repair bill uh, for the headquarters after the big fire, they were expecting, oh, we're going to take a big financial hit here. So they've taken the big financial hit and still come out of it £900,000 well off. So, this begs the question, what is this £900,000 going to be spent on? Hmm. Now, obviously, a lot of it will be on cost. Running competitions is not cheap. In fact, it costs a serious amount of money to put on any event at all. Never mind the likes of some of our major championships being, you know, the one of the Forres, you have Paisley, you have the Worlds, UKs. All of these things don't come cheap. So, yeah, that's one counter-argument. Plus, they have their piping and drumming school, all these teachers around the country and around the world, in fact, providing tuition all around the world. So, yeah, that, that all doesn't come cheap as well. You know, people do need to get paid for doing work. So, yeah, you can understand having a bank balance of 900 grand goes a bit towards that, certainly. But one question that was raised... On our live show last night, is 900 grand sitting in the coffers. Just how much of that will the bands see? Essentially, what we do as bands is completely voluntary. People have argued the point that bands should perhaps be getting more in the likes of prize money. Now. I don't know. I can see this argument. I have played in many competition where the prize money has been quite good. And that's a big incentive for a band to push out, go to that competition and try to win that top spot because, let's face it, they need the money. <laughs> so, I don't know. 900 grand. To be honest, the association themselves will like to keep a healthy balance sheet. especially Especially in these hard, hard times. But, Uh, Yeah. Having nearly a million in the bank. And. Hmm. From what we can see. We don't know where that's going. Uh, For all intents and purposes. We do understand that our association are getting some new offices. They're getting some brand new headquarters. In Glasgow by all accounts. And yeah. Apparently this will now have. Like two different teaching centres in this building. It will also have a substantial performance space as well. All in this one building. And. Yeah, like, apparently there's going to be like a, a museum as well. I don't know if that's actually confirmed yet, so don't quote me on that. But this is all going to be the brand new RSPBA headquarters because their first one caught fire. <laughs> so, as well as a big storage room and everything for everything that they need, you know, paraphernalia such as tents and barriers and places to hang their clipboards. Things like that, do you know what I mean, that they need for whenever they're organizing big events. So, yes, we completely understand a new headquarters was possibly a great idea. Especially when they're talking about one such as this with two big giant classrooms, a big performance space as well. So, who knows, we could be getting concerts at the RSPBA headquarters. This in itself, the news, is just incredible to hear how healthy our bank balance is. And, yeah, that we have this new headquarters possibly around the corner. It's just great to hear that Piping and Drumming is in a very healthy space But also, it does raise a lot of questions. What will this money in the bank account be spent on? Hmm. So, that being said, I'm sure you guys out there will have your own thoughts. I know I have mine. And uh, my own thoughts is, is I would love to see the bands to, to see some of that. Do you know what I mean? A lot of what we do, as I said, is voluntary. A lot of bands out there really struggle for fundraising. So, it would be nice. If the association could possibly give some bands, or possibly all bands, a bit of a leg up. You know what I mean? I don't know. Even if it was to help with travel and accommodation to some things. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But, yeah. Do you know what I mean? How much of that 900 grand will the bands get to see? Difficult to know. Difficult to know. But, essentially, what the 900 grand is for, is for reinvestment into bettering our own piping culture and all of that. So... That's possibly how it will be invested, in my opinion, I think. So there you go. If you are interested in having an opinion on any of those stories that came from the AGM, please do email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you think the judges will be talking about. If, in fact, you're listening to this and you are a judge, let me know what will you be talking about in the arena. Do you know what I mean? As the band lets the pipes down and marches off, what will you be asking? What will you be talking about? Do you know what I mean? Did you hear that? Aye, oh the refs were off. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, what will you be talking about? I would love to be in a fly on the wall to hear what that conversation conversation entails. Yeah, incredibly interesting stuff. Plus all the stuff to do with the financials. Hmm, interesting stuff. Where's that money gonna be? Eh, uh, don't know. Anyway, let's fly on. That was not the only story. There was much, much more happening in the piping world. Tully Lagan Pipe Band, of course, I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast, but I figured I would give it another plug because this event, by all accounts, should be sold out by now, but isn't. And I'm actually quite <laughs> surprised by this. So, Tully Lagan Pipe Band are presenting a piping recital by Stuart Little, the legend, of course, pipe major of current world champions in Ferrari. Stuart is giving a piping recital in Northern Ireland here in Cookstown in the Royal Hotel. This is also to coincide with the band's celebration of 90 years on the road. Not too bad the mighty Lagan. So this is all going to be held on the 24th of March. Tickets are a tenner and can be got from any band member at all from Tully Lagan. So you can contact them via their Facebook page and yeah, hang out with Stuart Little and just catch some amazing piping. Awesome. Now, a little article that dropped on PipesDrums.com this past week caused a little bit of a stir. I don't know if you actually managed to catch this because, yeah, it kind of flew under the radar for some, but for others, it was front and centre. Yeah, PipesDrums.com published a satire article by Megan Lyons detailing that the modern age of social media and live streaming is kind of killing our hobby. Now, bear with me. She was quoted to say that this was driving down numbers at events, competitions and concerts. And in fact, social media and live streaming and all of that should be discouraged. And people should be social media silent almost. Because her thoughts were, is that back in the day, back in the early 80s and 90s and such, social media didn't exist. So you might not have heard ...who Richard Parks was. You might not even know who Jim Kilpatrick was. But back in the day, you know... ...to be a fan of piping and drumming was so much more difficult... ...because even getting your hands on some pipe band recordings... ...was incredibly difficult. Now, I grew up during that period of time... ...I was a piping fan. I came from a piping family. So I can completely identify with what Megan is talking about. Megan spoke about how she, obviously, born and raised in Canada... And, yeah, getting material from the UK was incredibly difficult. Getting recordings of such bands as Shots or even Field Marshal and stuff like this was, as soon as you had a CD land on your door, it was as if the Holy Grail just landed. So, completely understand. But her argument then that social media and live streaming and everything is possibly oversaturating us with amazing content and, uh, you know, when people talk about Stuart Little... Or, you know, Stephen Crichton or Stephen McWhorter or these amazing people in the piping world. It's just, eh, they're just, yeah, well, you know, I could watch them all the time. Yeah, yeah, no well, all right, I can, mm mm-hmm. It's just another day, really. You know, I get what she's saying, that social media possibly could be oversaturating uh, the piping world with content. You know, and she makes the argument, is it hurting the piping world? Especially the live streaming argument. I think we've discussed this on a previous podcast about live streaming. You can go back and listen to that on our. Yeah, that's one thing us on the Rab Show do we do live streaming. That's what we do. You know, we provide all sorts of live streaming from the competition season from here in Northern Ireland, plus internationally if we can, bringing live events to you at home, the people who can't make it. Now, that's exactly who we're broadcasting to. She makes the argument, however, that if people look out the door, or look out the window, see it's raining, and they go, "Mm, I can't be bothered. I'll just sit indoors and watch it on Facebook. Now, to be fair, I can't argue against that. I'm sure it does happen. But that's not what our live streams are for. Our live streams are not for those people who are lazy and can't yeah, travel five miles down the road to get to their competition. Our live streaming are for people living internationally who can't physically get there. Plus, those who, for one reason or another, possibly even through ill health or any other reason, that they just can't physically travel or be there or have somehow lost contact with the Pipe and World, that's who we're broadcasting for. That's why we cover the Pipe and World. For those people who can't make it to the events physically in person for whatever reason, Those are the people we're trying to cater to. So whenever Megan makes the argument that live streaming is hurting attendance at events, hmm, I don't know. I'm really not sure. Whenever you look at the likes of the Olympics, the Winter Olympics was there not too long ago. That was all broadcast live on media all around the world. But yet every event in the Olympics was sold out. Look at the World Cup and soccer. That thing's sold out. Every time it happens. And it's all broadcast live. You get the picture. Big events like this. That people can't physically travel to. If yeah, if you were to actually travel. You can't get a ticket. They're sold out. So the same could be said for piping and drumming. For many. The world championships is a pilgrimage. Possibly a once in a lifetime thing. So yeah. A lot of people around the world. Will never get to the world championships. So the, the chance to be able to watch it. On a live stream. You know, that's incredible to me. And if anything, us on the Rab Show will probably continue to do what we can to try and promote piping and drumming worldwide. Both to the ones who can be there, but very much so to the people who can't. So, you can go and check out the, the article on Pipestrums.com from Megan Lyons if you wish. It's all up there, you can read away. Um, It was pegged as a satirical look at the piping world in the digital age, and uh, I don't know. A lot of good arguments, I suppose, and a lot of people did agree with Megan. Looking to harken back to better times, you know, getting an LP in the mail from 78th, you know, and stuff like that. I do completely get it. We all look back with rose-tinted glasses and thinking those days were awesome. And when we look forward, we look forward with glasses covered in crap. So, yeah... I think nostalgia has a big part to play in this. Looking back we always think the old days were best. And looking forward we're thinking "Mm, these days are crap. But to be honest where we are now in 2018. I honestly can't think of a better time to be involved in piping and drumming. Everyone is so connected now. Everyone's all seemed to be part of one big giant piping family. It's incredible. It's a great time to be involved in what we do. So... Yeah, I can see the argument for discontinuing social media and live streaming. But I can also see the argument against. So, where are you guys? Where's your opinions? like to know your thoughts. You can email me at bigrabshow at gmail.com. There's a lot of topics on today's podcast, isn't there? Yeah, I'm looking at your opinions on a lot of stuff. Association, finance, judges, rulings. And now, is live streaming hurting our hobby? Yeah, what's your opinion? I would like to know. Right, that's it for the piping news this week. I think I've kept this for long enough again this week. Whew, this is the off-season. Do you know what I mean? I'm actually getting kind of worried whenever the season kicks off. This podcast is going to turn into like a two or three hour epic. <sighs> anyway, it's that time of the week again. It's time for me to get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. Twistedthistle.com owned and operated by world champion and gold medal winner bass drummer Mike Cole. Twisted Thistle bass drum mallets are one of the top performing bass stick brands in the world, used by our current world champions in Vararian District Pipe Band. So check out twistedthistle.com where you can find information on available models to buy, tuning videos, Skype drumming lessons, pipe band drum scores, pipe band drumming workshops, drum tech support, just so much stuff. Check them out, twistedthistle.com. The little pipe and drum supply in the heart of Texas. Proud to be firefighter owned and operated. With 10 years in the industry, they are dedicated to providing friendly, professional, personalized service. Featuring many of the most popular brands for bagpipers and drummers, as well as custom kilts and highland wear. Feel free to shoot them an email with questions about custom orders or to get a quote for special pricing on larger orders at sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. Pipe Band Hub Promoting the pipe band scene since 2011 For all your news, results and performances follow them on Facebook, Twitter and with over 250 performances on their AudioMax site to choose from, make the Pipe Band Hub your first choice online when you pick up your phone. Hello, this is Fred Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Yes, indeed. Topic of the week time, and my tea is lovely. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a little shout out to our patrons there who have, yeah, helped click that support button and they get a wee shout out on the show. So thanks very much guys for supporting us on what we do. Now, this week's topic of the week will draw a lot of attention and yes, I know I am dancing on a landmine when I'm talking about this. So, let's get it straight. This week's topic of the week is road bands, or as I may refer to them in the States, service bands. Here in the UK, we call them road bands because that's what they do. They march the road. That's it. They might do the odd little concert performance, but that would be it. They don't compete. They have a serious amount of players in some case. You know, some bands could be upwards of 20, 25, 30 members. You know, know, pipers and drummers all in. So these bands are not small by any means, however some of them are. Now... Let's get one thing straight. <laughs> I can just see the hate mail coming in now. I have a complete respect for road bands or service bands. Okay, I, I do understand in the states you have a lot of fire service bands, a lot of police service bands. I completely understand what they do, and I completely respect what they do. Let's get that straight out the back. I actually have a massive respect for what service and road bands do okay now let's get that out of the way before the hate mail starts flooding in and say oh Rob stop having a go at these bands I'm not having a go and I'll explain why I wanted to talk about them on this week's show now on our Facebook page there pretty recently we uploaded two videos two videos of pipe bands that were road bands and I'm not going to name them here in the podcast but you can go and check it out it's on our Facebook page they have now since been removed Because these were uploaded in the hope that it would start a conversation in the piping world of... Oh, these boys sound pretty bad. What can we do to help? Right? Because, in all intents and purposes, as we talk about service bands and road bands... These are people that are not involved in the competitive scene. But they play for the sheer joy of it. They love our music, the same as we do. They love playing... And we should only encourage it. You know, for me, for one, I love seeing the service and road bands in action because of the sheer passion they have for the music. You know, there isn't one person who's standing there that doesn't have a smile on their face. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> they seem to really love what doing what they're doing. And, yeah, I have nothing but total respect for them. However, some of these bands, yeah, they do sound pretty terrible. Now, I'm not, i not being judgmental when I say this because some of these people in the bands themselves would tell you that they sound pretty awful. Now, this raised a huge debate online, on our social media, talking all about these bands. Once these videos were removed of these bands sounding pretty terrible, yeah, this started the discussion. People saying you know should we help these bands to try and further develop and possibly you know get a better sound or is instruction the way forward do you know what i mean if we have a service band or road band that's really struggling and yeah put on a street performance like that like a parade or something and just sound awful really badly in tune or maybe not in tune at all and um Yeah, giving their interpretation of the music rather than the actual music. Do you know what I mean? Like playing a version of a particular tune that vaguely sounds like it. Yeah. I'm sure you guys all know exactly what I'm talking about. You've seen the videos. They're all over Facebook. They're all over YouTube. Yeah. The pipe band kind of horror stories. These videos are out there of bands that sound particularly bad. Now, I'm not talking about ones that are really making an effort you know that actively tune their pipes try to play them well but perhaps they're not the next year little you know what i mean <laughs> i'm not talking about those guys i'm talking about the ones who literally pull the pipes out of the box once a year don't tune the pipes never change a reed, never season a bag at all your chanter Forget about it. That thing hasn't been out of the stock since they were bought. Do you know what I mean? And of course, once you buy them from the factory, sure, you bought them and they're in tune. Do you know what I mean? So why bother tuning them again? So this is the ones I'm talking about. I did ask the question on our social media, do those of us in the competitive scene have a responsibility to try and help road bands, service bands for that matter, try and up their game? Now, I meant that in the best way possible to try and improve their tonal quality their even their musical quality to actually play the tunes and play them well together because that essentially is what we 're all about in the pipe and world. Play the music we love, but try to play it well, you know what I mean with the proper technique and uh, yeah, the right version of the tune i 've actually heard bands play tunes that were Half of Scotland the Brave and on one part, and half of a completely different tune for the second part. Uh, I didn't understand it at all. Anyway, let's get, let's get on to it. A lot of messages came back from a lot of top flight players, actually, that said that bands out there that are not competing and are just marching the road, road bands, service bands, a lot of them don't want to improve. A lot, actually, are quite happy with how they sound and if they can pull the pipes out of the box and uh, never look near a meter for tuning or even think about reed selection or anything like that or even try to practice steady blowing anything like that you know pull them out of the box once a year for St patrick's day or whatever and boom that's it you're done great let's march you know what i mean they're all happy playing like that and that seems to be the message that comes across these bands are quite happy doing what they're doing they play 3 or 4 tunes that they've always played go to the pub have a few beers that's it game over never have any interest in joining the competitive world never have any interest in actually trying to better or improve their performance they're quite happy with the level that they're at and they get out at the weekend to play 3 tunes to have a beer you know what I mean that happens not just in the States, it also happens here in the UK as well. I have to stress that. Not just talking about service bands in the States, it does happen here in the UK as well. A lot of bands just meet up, play three or four tunes at a particular parade. That's great. Where's the beer? Let's have a laugh. We're all friends together. We're all in the one band. Yo, isn't this great, boys? But, <laughs> you know, not one of those players would ever look at their instrument and say, I could do this better. And I think that's what the competitive guys were looking at. That's what makes the difference between a fella playing in a road band or service band. And those playing in competitive bands. That want or that need to improve. And I guess whenever we talk about the competitive scene. That's the difference between road and service bands. It's that push to be competitive and to get better. And to be possibly the best at what you could do. Now that being said. I am not saying for one second that all of these bands are all the same. You know, I'm not tarring everybody with the same brush. Granted, there are some out there that are just dog awful. And you would think, oh, please put them back in the box. But for some, they actively are trying. You know, they try to learn how to tune. They're they're actually learning tunes and trying to play them properly. You know what I mean? There are bands out there that do apply a body of Effort. So, for those, I salute you. Please keep it up, for that matter. And I have to say, those of those of them who are involved in the competitive scene, they're just a phone call away. With us now being in the connected age in the twenty first century, social media is a thing. And if you want to get drumming lessons from the best in the world, Mister Stephen McWhirter, it's a simple email, and Stephen, I'm sure, will quite happily come down and help. You know, and where else would you get it? Guys in the competitive scene are so reachable now. It's, yeah, it's incredible. So as I was talking about earlier, about how social media and that could be hurting our hobby, if anything, I think it could help it. (laughs) With Things now, such as Skype lessons, and, you know, you have different apps such as WhatsApp and different things where you can email each other, you know, sheets of music and blah, blah. You know, the the connected age that we have now being able to improve your band or even your own personal performance should be relatively easy. Now also, including, we also have piping and drumming schools here in Northern Ireland and around the UK, where you can walk in off the street and get lessons. And nine times out of ten, you don't even have to pay anything. You just walk in with your instrument under your arm. Hey, can you teach me how to blow this thing? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, for people saying that these bands don't have instruction or access to instruction, hmm, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I do understand, however, that people geographically may find it difficult. Those guys living in the States playing for service bands particularly are not going to be able to find it easy getting access to top quality uh, tuition from the likes of Richard Parks or Terry Tully. You know, these guys, that's what makes events like Winter Storm very successful because that's where you go to get access to that. But I have to say... Within your area, within your country, you're bound to have players that are involved in the competitive scene. Be it all the way from grade 1 down to grade 4B. Somebody knows something that could possibly help your performance. Now, I'm not saying that competitive guys are the be-all and end-all and you must be competitive and you have to be part of the competitive. Not at all. Not for one second. What I'm saying, though, is if your band does sound a bit dodgy, whenever you take a recording and you think, "Mm, that sounds ropey, then perhaps something could be done to try and tweak the sound a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that you should suddenly start ripping out chanters and throw on G1s and suddenly you're going to sound like Inverary. No. I'm (laughs) I'm saying just apply a little bit of effort to learn how to tune, learn how to blow And learn how to play the tune correctly. For us drummers, we also have to look at tuning as well. You know, look at our instrument, the snare drum, the high tension snare drum. Learn how to tune the thing top and bottom. Have it sounding nice and crisp. And then also learning how to play rudiments and actually playing drum scores. You know, it's a little thing. Sometimes, you know, to be involved in piping and drumming is the best in the world. It's the best possible hobby I could ever think about. Of course, I'm here doing a pipe bang podcast. I wouldn't say otherwise. But, yeah, it does take a little bit of effort. Bagpipes are not an easy instrument to play. In fact, I would argue that they're possibly one of the hardest instruments to play. So whenever you're making a public performance playing one of the hardest instruments in the world to learn, you don't want to go out there sounding like a bag of balls. You actually want to go out there and try and do yourself a good service and show, hey, I can actually play this thing. You know what I mean? Now, there has been an argument by those in the competitive scene saying that those involved in road bands actually hurt people involved in piping and drumming. Now, this is not my view, by the way. I completely disagree with this. But what they say is that people playing in road bands that go up the road squawking and squeaking and sounding pretty terrible actually do everyone in the piping world a disservice because that's what the general public get to see. And they think, bagpipes, is that what they sound like? Oh, God. You know what I mean? And then they never actually go to a competition because they think that piping and drumming is just... Remember that god-awful band that marched up our town that day? Oof. You know what I mean? So that's the advertisement, I suppose. Engaging with the public and putting on a pretty ropey performance can put a lot of people off piping and drumming. I can't tell you the number of times I've had conversations with people who are outside the piping world, and as soon as you mention piping and drumming at all, and they mention a particular road band or service band that they've seen, and they go, God, no, not terrible. How could you listen to that? And then I say, nah, 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 hold nah. oh, nah, oh, oh hold hold on, no, wait till you hear this, and I'll let a play, I don't know, but a Field Marshal, Inverary, Scottish Power, anything at all from the competitive scene, say, no, this, do you know what I mean, listen to this, pipes are in tune, they're being played correctly, you know, not what you've heard, <laughs> so, yeah, I I guess there is an argument I can see how publicity wise it can be hurtful to those involved in the competitive scene or even in the piping world in general so I would ask those bands out there who are road bands and you are quite happy doing your own thing playing your own tunes in your own little bubble away from everything else in the piping world getting out, playing a few things of the roundtree and Scott and the Brave and then hey to the bar boys, yay let's go, so Awesome. I completely respect what you guys do, because, yeah, you play a serious amount of gigs, a serious amount of parades and things as well, which sometimes can be a bit of a thankless task, because let's face it, this weekend is St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yay! So, yeah, as you can imagine, it's a huge celebration here in Northern Ireland and Ireland in general. It's a pretty awesome time to be involved in piping and drumming because bands all around the country will be involved in parades and such and concerts and whatnot, all to celebrate St. Patrick's Day weekend. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys out there will be involved in it too. But in our celebrations of it all, we are bound to run into a road band or a service band at some stage that are going to be out there parading and celebrating St. Patrick's Day with the rest of us. So, yeah. I don't know, do they do a disservice? Mm, Difficult to know, but I would ask those playing in a service band or a road band to please try and take, I don't know, not an interest is the wrong word, but yeah, to try and employ a bit of effort. Look at what you're doing. If your band does sound ropey, if you're happy with that, then fine. More power to your elbow, as they say here. Good luck to you. But be prepared for people to have a kind of a savage critique of what you have to present. (laughs) If your band does sound like squealing cats, people will be pretty quick to tell you. Here, by the way, you sound terrible. And a lot of us in the piping world are pretty forthcoming with their commentary. Uh, Those two videos we published on our Facebook page... Some of the comments were brutal. Do you know what I mean? People did not pull their punches. So, where I thought there would be a conversation is, how could we help these guys? Turned into a conversation was, oh my God, they're awful. So, So that was completely the opposite effect. So, I did not want, so hence the reason the videos have now been taken down. But you can find them. They're available all over social media and on Facebook and that. You know, they're all over. You can get them if you are. Do so wish to watch some awful pipe bands. Uh, Now I say awful in the kindest possible way. Because we all started somewhere. I have to stress this as well. Even the best piper or drummer in the world started out squeaking and squawking like everybody else. You know, trying to fluff and fart our way through a drum score. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all had terrible moments where we've all been beginners trying to get toned, trying to get a set played from start to finish. And that's exactly what these road bands do. They have a lot of beginners who yeah get a chance to get a walk out and get a run out with the band. And for that, it's fantastic. And the the kind of the experience that you get from that is invaluable too. However, with that Is there an impetus there to actually improve and get from the squeaking and squawking stage to actually trying to play up a bit? Do you know what I mean? With a little bit more tonal quality. And I don't know what I'm getting at. But you know what I mean? There doesn't seem to be an impetus there to try and push forward and improve. I guess that's what I'm trying to say for everyone involved in service bands and road bands in general. Try and employ a little bit of effort to those who may sound a little dodgy. Now, please, again, I can just hear people furiously typing out an email right now. Going, com which I tell you, you dirtbag. No, trust me, <laughs> don't get angry here. I am doing this from an extremely positive place. I wanted to talk about it because I do believe that service bands and road bands in general are an area of our piping world that don't get a lot of love. And, if anything, are pretty underfunded i think by one account financial support out there for road bands is pretty dismal to be honest and also instruction and availability of players can also be pretty bad because a lot of us in the competitive scene you know if you're anyways near a good player at all you're going to get sucked up into a competitive band so you're not going to stay with your wee small local band that are quite happy doing parades or some Paddy's day Yeah, if you're a good player at all... whoop, You'll be whisked off and you'll be playing in grade 2 grade 1. Do you know what I mean? So perhaps that's a thing. You know, these road bands and service bands... Actually act as feeder bands for us in the competitive scene. So I do think shining a light on these bands... In the non-competitive scene is worth doing. I do think that us in the competitive scene... Do have a role of responsibility. Instead of sitting back and thinking oh my god, what a horror show, we should actually be actively saying, right, okay, you guys need help. How can I help? Do you know what I mean? Now, that's not coming from a real cocky, dirtbag kind of point of view. (laughs) I'm so much better than you. No, not at all. If anything, us in the piping world, we're all one large family. So if anything could be done to try and help each other, that's what it's all about. Now, trust me, Those of you who listen to the podcast, I do know a lot of you are involved in service bands and road bands and you're all going to be incredibly busy this St. Patrick's Day weekend. Now, I am not getting at you, I'm not slagging you off, I'm not telling you to throw the pipes in the box and never play again. What I'm telling you or asking you to do is to have a look at what you're doing, have a look at what you're playing and try and have yeah, an impetus to improve. Because there are some players out there who just don't want to. You know, they're quite happy doing what they're doing. But I do recognise that a lot of players... In fact, I'm probably talking to the majority of you. If you're in listening right now to a Pipe Band podcast... You're going to know that, yeah... There is a huge piping world out there. Especially a big competitive scene. And, yeah... We do like to improve and have an interest in what we do. So, that being said... Please do not take offence to anything. I want to offer this as an honest critique. And yeah, I do understand that I'll probably get an awful lot of hate mail about this. But it is an area of the piping world that I do feel we should shine a light on. And hopefully, hopefully try and promote. And if anything, through that, we should hopefully improve the road band and service scene. Because it is a huge scene. Don't get me wrong. There's a serious amount of people involved in road bands and service bands that, yeah, it's its own scene entirely. So if us in the competitive scene at all can help with musicality, tuning problems, different things like that, if we can help, then definitely we have, you know, a responsibility to try and help you guys. You know, try and up the musical game. There you go. That's my opinion, guys. I am not by any means slagging off service bands. Please don't take it like that. If anything, I just wanted to shine a light on it. To say that, yeah, this scene exists. And perhaps we should recognise the service and road band scene more than what we do currently. There you go. Right, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. It's been a bit of a controversial one, I'm sure. A lot of you guys will have a lot of thoughts on this. Like I said, I can hear people tippy-tappy, tippy tapping tippy, tappy, away, typing a furious email already, so <laughs> go easy on me. Yeah. If you want, you can also send a voicemail, record a little message on your cell phone or whatever, using your audio recorder, and you can email it to us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. I'd love to know your opinions on this. I'd, I'd love to think that I'm not alone in this, you know, <laughs> that I actually think service bands and road bands are pretty awesome and deserve as much respect as those in the competitive scene. Yeah, I think, yeah. Get your emails in. I'd love to hear from you. Right. Before I go, I want to wish... wish ugh, want to wish each and every one of you a very happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Because as the next podcast rolls around, it'll be after, after Paddy's Day. And as you know, it's going to be an incredibly busy weekend for all of us papers and drummers. So wherever you may be, listening to this podcast right now, if you're going to an event... Over St. Patrick's Day with your band or even if you're going as an individual to play at anything at all, please send us a selfie. That's what we want. We want St. Patrick's Day selfies from the Big Rab Show podcast listeners. So if you're listening right now and perhaps you're on a way to a gig or maybe you're just on your way home from a gig and, all, and are already four pints in... Yeah, please do (laughs) send us a Big Rab Show, St. Patrick's Day selfie, and we will be very happy to share that out on our social media and give you a shout-out, plus your band as well. So have a awesome St. Patrick's Day weekend. Hope yous all have the best time wherever you may be playing. Uh, I hope yous all have a great tune. Have the best time and a happy hangover for afterwards. Yeah, we will see you the other side of St. Patrick's Day where we will be talking all about piping and drumming as always here on the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do go over to iTunes or indeed on Podbean. Hit that all important subscribe button so you never miss an episode. So as each one gets uploaded... you get a little notification so yeah you'll never miss a show plus tell your friends we have noticed a bit of a jump in numbers recently so please do tell your mates about our wee show and yeah help share everything that we produce and do for the piping world and yeah help bring everybody along as the season rolls forward May is just around the corner (laughs) Yeah, so tell your friends about our podcast don't forget to hit subscribe and yeah we will see you next week here on the Big Rap Show podcast all the best well that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast many thanks to our sponsors G1 Reads raising the benchmark throughout all the grades winning 8 out of 9 possible world championship performances G1 Reads are played by bands around the world producing that quintessential tone If you don't believe me, just listen to our current world champions in Verarian District. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rap Show podcast. All the best.